0: Good morning, welcome to our live stream presented by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in MacAllen, where even in times of crisis, we continue to do our best to offer teaching and preaching from the text of Scripture. This year, the preaching series I'm doing monthly is entitled Faith According to the Scriptures. These sermons stand alone, but are theme-connected. In January, from Romans chapter 1, the tragedy of faith denied. In February, from Hebrews 11, faith defined. In March, from Hebrews 11 and other passages, faith established. This month, today, faith activated. What do I mean, faith activated? Let me explain. We have considered what happens when faith is denied, according to Romans 1. The door is open to a spiral into depravity. Faith is defined in Scripture not primarily as an emotion, guesswork, or something you inherit. Faith is founded on evidence God has generously given, leading to conviction and change of life. We have nailed down design as the most obvious of the many evidences that God is. Now today, this series is much more than just learning, depositing data in your minds. We certainly want to open the Bible and gain knowledge and refresh convictions and equip ourselves to teach others. But what about how we behave? What do we think, say, and do from day to day? Where are we in conduct? The matter at hand in this sermon is, is there a divine intention for faith to be activated? And further, is that activity of faith essential? That's where our work finds its place today. Knowing what faith is, two questions. Is there a divine intention for faith to be activated? And is that activity of faith essential? Please be ready with me in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith convinces us of things we haven't seen. Faith assures us of things we hoped for. People of old were commended for their faith. They were not commended just because they believed something or learned something. Notice now in Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, did Abel do something? Was there some activity? Here's what it says. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And it says that God commended Abel by accepting the gifts Abel brought. Abel did something that was active. In fact, it says here, Though Abel is dead, the activity of his faith still speaks and is here documented. Had Abel done nothing, would this passage be here? What about Enoch in verse 5? By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God God back in Genesis 5:24 it says that Enoch walked with God is walking active walking is a common figure of speech in the bible that refers to behavior how you live what you do Enoch lived Enoch walked by faith faith that was in his heart became faith that was in his life so is is all this important Why do we need to discover that faith is active? Why do we need to highlight that genuine faith is active, is obedient? Verse 6, Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Knowing how faith works is important, Because without it, we cannot please God. So we're back to that question. Does God intend for faith to be active? Two phrases in verse 6, please. For whoever would draw near to him, also those who seek him. Can anyone argue that drawing near to God and seeking him is passive? Do you see how easy this is? we have we have addressed two related questions. Is there a divine intention for faith to be active? Is that activity essential? And we're simply reading and looking here in Hebrews 11, and we're letting Scripture speak. So far, the answers are strong. God does intend for our faith in Him to be active. And in the absence of that activity... In the absence of that activity, faith, we claim, isn't really genuine saving faith. We are not engaged today and in the previous sermons in this series just to learn arguments or build a theological library in our heads or review what we've heard before. Any consideration of what Bible says about faith ought to lead us to personal evaluation, self-examination. In this regard, is my faith in God active? Does my faith in God show up in the way I think, speak, act, and react? In the language of Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6, being convinced of things not seen, being assured of things hoped for, am I offering worship to God, Am I walking with God? Am I drawing near to Him and seeking Him? I must not let this be just an academic exercise, or merely the accumulation of knowledge for future use in just repeating the knowledge. God expects the evidence He gives to us to lead to faith, and for faith to lead to the activity of obedience to Him. Listen to Hebrews 11 seven through eight. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, what did he do? Constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham did what? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he did what? Went out, not knowing where he was going. I know this seems like an unnecessary question, but let me raise it. Noah, do you think he did anything? You see, we are working now inside the realm of not only simple, but simply obvious the righteousness that comes by faith attributed to Noah without any doubt involved activity expressive of what he believed that God said. His belief in God, therefore, his belief in God was his belief in what God said, and he acted on that. Then, should there be, I cannot imagine, should there be any doubt, verse 8 says, of Abraham, by faith Abraham obeyed, Believing in God, he did what God said. Our conclusion is confirmed. God expects the evidence he gives to us to lead to faith and for faith to lead to the activity of obedience to him. So, here's where we are. If the Bible has this simply obvious clarity about the necessity of The activity of faith. Why do we hear people advocate salvation by faith alone? Well, really, if I didn't have an answer to that question, what we've read in Scripture already stands. We've allowed the text of Scripture to speak to us from Hebrews 11. We already have a conclusion God has led us to it through his written word. God intends for faith to lead to the activity of obedience. We know that even if we have no theory about where salvation by faith alone came from. But some historical insight might help us when speaking to others about these things. There was this man, Martin Luther, a German professor in the 1500s, He had keen insight into the hold that Catholicism had on people, and he undertook a reading of Scripture, and he concluded there was no basis for the Catholic religious system in Scripture, so he protested. With much boldness, he said, after detailing his objections, "'Here I stand.'" Now, he wasn't wrong in his basic objection to Catholicism. There's no basis for Catholicism in Scripture. Here's the problem with Reformers. Sometimes in the passion of mounting a Reformation and in all the protest against the error, there is temptation to exaggerate. Martin Luther wound up virtually coining the phrase salvation by faith alone. This was his overreaction to the merit system that he saw in Roman Catholic doctrine. Protestant denominationalism was built on the foundation of those reformers like Luther and John Calvin. Their mistake was to object to one human religious system and in their passion they built another. And part of that structure was salvation by faith alone. They were so fiercely opposed to the Catholic system of merit, they reacted with a denial of what we have read in Hebrews 11, the activity of faith in response to God. Today, in current Protestant denominational circles and in the postmodern evangelical movement, there remains the doctrine of salvation by faith alone but it is presented not so much as a reaction to Catholicism. It is presented as if grace interacts negatively toward obedience. Now, give me a few minutes with that. Give yourself a few minutes to process it. Today, in current Protestant denominational circles and in the postmodern evangelical movement, there remains the doctrine of salvation by faith alone, but it is presented not so much as a reaction to Catholicism. It is presented as if grace interacts negatively toward obedience. Now let's take all that to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen carefully. Never, ever, in your reaction to anything or in some moment of impulse, deny or dismiss salvation by grace. You and I would never make it without it because the merit isn't there and never will be. Sin is our problem. Even if we stop it and never sin again until we die, we would not, by that personal reform, merit salvation from God. So let's not make any mistakes through reaction to false doctrine or exaggeration. We can't be saved any other way than by the unmerited favor of God that found expression in the cross of Christ. The only thing we can do is receive the gift God offers. We do that by faith that is active, that reaches out and accepts the offer. When a sinner Obeys the Gospel, that's not a human attempt at merit. You're not earning anything. You're receiving a gift. having received that gift, we keep it and use it, believing we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. works of merit, no works of faith, yes, now, may I take us to one more place James two fourteen through 26. James 2, 14 through 26, and then I'll wrap up. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So let's go back where I started, please. Our studies together this year in this series are not merely to fill our heads with facts or proof text. This is not about confirming what we've heard and believed for many years. It is God's intention that our faith in him discover its existence in activity. That activity, that obedience of faith doesn't mean God now owes me. I have merited his commendation. No. It means Christ has offered to, uh, God has offered to save me in Christ. In faith, repentance, and baptism, I'm accepting that offer. In faithful discipleship, discipline, and growth, I'm walking by faith. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ and to the Holy Spirit for making this so clear. Thank you are listening.